0: Does your bike need some love? Shimano original replacement parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer.
1: From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Paceline, Line, the podcast on two wheels. I am Selene Yeager, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, as always, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives.
0: How goes it? <laughs> Have I mentioned that I like going and riding bikes out in forests and stuff like that ever? It has come up. It has come up on this show. It has come up. I I, I almost feel like I remember what that's like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's been the last week, I mean, since you and I last talked, it has been a very, very weird week, okay? So all parks in Sonoma County have been closed. So last Friday, I decided I would write to each of the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors, all five of them, and ask Good them to confer with Dr. Sundari Mace, our county health officer. Uh, Mace is the where the buck stopped regarding all the closure of the parks. Mm-hmm. She gets that kind of power at a time like this, which is understandable. Uh, and mostly, I'm all for overreaction. But locking all Sonoma County residents out of parks because everybody drove in from San Francisco and Oakland right. and where else? It's like, hang on, I don't know. Just charge for parking again. How about that? Just charge for parking. Um. So I'd noted in my in my email that. Uh, Spending time in wild spaces is a key Mm -hmm. piece of my mental health Mm regimen, which is important to me, given that I suffer from clinical depression. I Mm -hmm. didn't go through the whole details about, well, I'm not really suffering from that right now, but, you know, I don't want to go back there. Totally. I did note an ever increasing number of posts from my friends on social media about them struggling with depression because they can't visit nature. So. Yesterday afternoon, I got a response back from a staff member of the supervisor for my district, Susan Gorin. I was informed that, yes, they were talking with Dr. Mace and the director of Sonoma County Parks, Bert Whitaker, good guy. Mm-hmm. She, she wrote that we should have an update in coming weeks. <laughs> Did that make you feel better? I, I like took my glasses off and wiped them and put them back on and read that in coming weeks, weeks. I wrote her back to ask her if it was a joke. I really did. I mean, here's how bad it is locally. Yesterday, I was on a road ride and headed south towards Sonoma. On my way back, I'm getting near town. I'm passing this uh, retirement community, Oakmont. And so this, I'm on Highway 12 you know, fairly busy highway. Uh, And I've seen any number of other cyclists and I see somebody coming along red Jersey. I want to say it was a BMC bike. I don't quite recall. I waved because that's what I do. Can you guess what his response was?
1: He didn't wave.
0: No, no, no. I would not call what he did a wave. He flipped me the bird. Another cyclist. Flipped me off. I don't want to question what you, you saw, but you're sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was only, it was, only, I mean, a hand went up. Okay. Hand definitely went up. There was one finger outstretched and it was a the middle of the, the hand. index. Nope, right? Nope. Nope. Not ring finger either. Um, and I mean, it was one of those things where, you know, it's helpful to me in that it, Help me verify that I'm actually doing pretty okay because I was I was mystified and I was disappointed, but I wasn't angry and I wasn't hurt, you know, which is a statement about where my head is. Uh, But I was like, wow, guys in a whole lot of unhappy right now, which just struck me as really, really sad. Well, it is super sad.
1: It's very, very perplexing, however, Mm. like that's a really aggressive kind of gesture. Uh, can, uh, yeah. now this is none of this is gonna. Yeah, none of this is gonna is implying anything but me trying to figure out like what might have been in his head. Um, were you wearing a face covering and was he wearing a face covering or were you nope. wearing not a face covering and he was? Was there any reason there that he
0: might have been like, "Yo, dude, f you." <laughs> fair yes. question. Okay. Okay. Let's let's stop there. Fair question. Okay. Uh, it's a, a a fair point to consider and. I will say that we were more alike than dissimilar. We, I'm going to guess we would both had our 50th birthday. Neither one of us had had a a face covering on. We were both on road bikes. We were both in Lycra. It's not like he was, uh, okay, now I'm super (laughs) and baggies. Um, (laughs) he had a helmet on. I mean, he looked like somebody I would go on a group ride with in a different era, but I mean, he looked like somebody I could have known. Um, Wow. I mean, I saw him approaching, so I waved. That's what I do. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I, I,
1: that, that is a very, that I is, just, that's a curious one. I mean, yeah, yeah, I always give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, if they're short with you, or you never know, like, people are going through a lot, especially now. But mm-hmm. that is really, really, even, even giving all of that mental latitude. I still can't wrap my head around that one.
0: It's funny at a certain level, while it still kind of bugs me. It's like, gosh, wow. Uh, but on another level, I'm able. I'm in some ways able to let go of it more easily. It's like, wow, that's how hard this has hit him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. I and that's the healthy thing to do. Um, Sometimes I find those moments. <laughs> <laughs> I. I just as you might've been for a while, just puzzling it over
0: trying to understand. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Uh, So, and then meanwhile, uh, that the, uh, private land owned by the logging company that I ride, uh, out near Occidental. I got to ride there last Friday, which was Mm -hmm. wonderful. Went out there with a friend and we were appropriately socially spaced. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, what was it? Two days later, I get an email. It's closed. Uh, the, uh, uh, the logging company, Mendocino Redwood company decided to close the land. And then this morning, wait, this morning, no, yesterday morning, I had an email from our club again. No, they realized that exercise and essential activity were open again. Thank God. <laughs> Sorry my heart rate and blood pressure all over the place
1: yeah yeah
0: i mean i'm so
1: so so grateful that they have not closed our like the conservancy hasn't made because we lied on a wildlands conservancy area that's where i mountain mm-hmm. bike um and also in a in, in a in one of our city parks where we have there's a whole network of trails that they just politely ignore the, that are on the outs, you know, like, and I'm just like, so I'm like, please don't shut us down. Um, you know, I was out there this morning and spring and the flowers are blooming and everything. The trees are leafing and it's so therapeutic that it's I'm so glad that they have not. I mean, I will tell you, like last weekend, though, some bored jackass, I, I and that's just being kind, there were stickers. Painted on some stuff. Yes. Um, And I will attribute it, and maybe it's naive, and that's from maybe from my own head. I mean, we we do have a lot of bored kids running around just doing dumb things. Mm -hmm. Um, But the lovely thing is is that we do have a very, very active uh, cycling network, and there's a Facebook page, and uh, a friend of mine sent me a picture, I put it on the page, and the next day, somebody went out, they have a whole big thing of graffiti off stuff, and... It's gone. So, yeah. Wow. It's really, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I'm like, that's good. That's a great thing right there.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a that's almost sort of a net good to know that you yeah. have such a functional community behind you.
1: Yeah. You know? No, it was awesome. It was awesome. So, <laughs> Come shout out you, bro. <laughs> to you, Brian Strasser. Yeah, no, it was. And he did a remarkable job. Like, it looks. Yeah. I was like, that's amazing. Cool. So, yeah. Cool. Super cool.
0: He might need to have like a. Uh, you know, little classes where it teaches other people how to do it.
1: Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that because uh, my friend Taylor, who I work with, put it on our Slack channel. We we do Slack, you know, and she's like, maybe we should do a story on like how to get rid of graffiti because we're not the only ones. And and even in good times, there's like crap up there. I don't want to see your stupid tags in the mountain, you know, like Mm -hmm. save Mm -hmm. that for the subway or what? like whatever, it's just like, we don't need that in nature, so, and they remove all of that, they they remove like the hearts and the smiley faces as well as like the the more, the penises and everything, you know, the other stuff that pops up, no pun intended, <laughs> sorry, sorry, did I just do that, I'm so sorry, <laughs> so sorry, that doesn't get us a little
0: E, does it? Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. we didn't use okay. any bad language, we just alluded to the things, so...
1: Uh, um anyway (laughs) what are you up to this week (laughs) okay let's go let's just change gears here (laughs) um i have a couple of things on my mind this week uh the first one is something that i've been thinking about honestly since this uh started and uh you know i had been noticing and it hadn't you know especially Yes, after uh, mid-south, I would expect to have some fatigue, right? I'd expect to go out and, like, my legs not work real well. But uh, I still, like, when I go out, my easy rides don't feel as easy as they should, and my hard rides feel harder, you know? And that that is something that I have been definitely noticing. Uh, and it's uh, I, I've heard other people sort of expressing that and then i saw alex hutchinson write about it you know like with his runs uh he's Uh the guy that did endure and uh and it it makes a and i kind of knew what was behind it even though i was like wow it's really a big effect i wouldn't have expected it to be as big of an effect it's it's uh there's a lot a very tall body of research that shows when that you are mentally drained It it dampens your physical performance for sure. Like I didn't um, need any studies for that. Yeah, no kidding, right? Um, But you know it 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 can be it can be quite profound. I mean, there there there've been studies that show like when they put uh, cyclists through sort of like really mentally taxing uh, drills and and tests that they're that they quit like fifteen percent earlier on on time trials. You know, I mean, like. And and your RPE, your rate of perceived exertion, which is how hard any effort feels, goes up exponentially. Like something that would normally be a five becomes a seven. Mm-hmm. You know, that that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I can only speak for myself, obviously, but like every morning, I wait, every morning since this has started, like I wake up and I have to push back a little blanket of sadness and anxiety. It's just hovering there. You know, it's not like my whole day is bad or it's not like I don't have happy moments or, you know, things aren't mostly okay. But there's definitely a pall that exists, you know, Mm -hmm. that is underlying every all of it. And I try not to saturate myself with social media or the news of the world, but it's impossible not to be affected by this stuff. Right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, your head is at least likely to be a little affected by this and a little tired all the time. But if you're out of work or if you're juggling a family or Lord knows what else you're you're going through right now, your head might be borderline exhausted all the uh-huh. time. Yep. Um. So don't expect to go out on your bike and set a stream of PRs. Like, that's <laughs> just not going to, like that, you know, I mean, because you think that maybe you could with the anxiety. Like, I run on angst sometimes. So sometimes, like, if I'm particularly wound up about something i am faster but it's different than this this kind of upset is different yep like i can't blow it out the same way i don't have that power in my legs to sort of rage it out it's just sinking into me it's a very different sensation um so i, I have no real advice <laughs> except to say like just just know that it's there and know that it's okay and it doesn't matter right now you're not racing unless you're on swift and whatever but um <laughs> You know, use the time to regenerate, clear out your head. If you do have some snap in your legs, by all means, use it. That's great. Um, but, you know, don't don't add it to your list of things to be worried about.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've talked before about the difference between discharge rides and recharge rides. Right. And I think we're in a phase now where for a whole lot of us, the answer is recharge rides.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I mean, and, and we've taught, we talked before and it doesn't need to go a whole lot into it, but sure. I mean, if you want to like dig deep up a hill and just like make yourself feel a little better that way, that's fine too. You just, you just might not get up there as quickly and that's,
0: that's okay as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But that, yeah. I've been, I've been surprised on a couple of occasions, you know, since all this started, there have been two occasions that surprised me where I got on the bike and I needed to just kill it. Yeah. Uh, And and one actually was last Friday uh, when I went for the mountain bike ride with my friend (laughs) Romany. I remember telling you, you know, she climbs faster than I do. I descend fast. I think maybe she pedaled with one leg all day long, but I I led the entire ride. Uh, So, yeah. But, I mean, the big thing was, like, I didn't want her to be worried about being right on my wheel as we were doing a climb. I know those trails better. So in some ways it was helpful for me to lead. Yeah. But mentally and physically, I felt like I was in a place where like, let's go kill this. Let's do it. And there was a gravel ride that's been like three or four weeks ago now where I felt that. And those have been the only two times I've gotten on the bike during all of this, where I felt something other than let's just have a nice little ride. Okay. <laughs> I,
1: I understand that fully. Yeah. So that's yeah. so all good. Um, and then I have a, a listener question, quick listener question. Ooh. Um, yeah, we like those. From longtime listener and real-time friend, Rich Bundro. Uh, Rich asks, what's your opinion of post ride specialized recovery, like scratch and goo, all the 4-1 mixes? What level of effort merits something like that? Which is a great question. I get that mm-hmm. one all the time. Um, so a little bit of history. That whole science of carb protein recovery drinks, Really became popularized in about 2002 and then really came out in 2004 when the book came out following the research. There was a bunch of research being done in Texas by uh, Dr. John Ivey. And Robert Portman was a uh, formulation scientist. uh, I don't know what else to call him in in New Jersey. He was behind Endurox. Remember Endurox? Is that still out there? Yeah. Um, They did a book called Nutrient Timing you know, sort of based around this whole research. And the idea was that there was a 30-minute recovery window. They had found that after a hard workout where you empty out your glycogen stores, there's about 30 minutes afterwards where you have like all these enzymes and insulin response where your muscles are especially sensitive to carbs and you can restock your glycogen stores really quickly and effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, They also found that adding a little protein helped shuttle some of the carbs into your muscles as well as stimulate protein synthesis to repair your muscles. So if you add that all to a liquid form via recovery drink, it's kind of genius because you can do it quickly and conveniently. And also you've got these fluids that help you rehydrate, you know? So like you're getting all these, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's very sound science. It's a great idea. The ratio itself, carbs to protein, um, that's been debated since that time. A lot of people have done studies. You know, four to one was the original ratio four grams of carbs for every one gram of protein. Uh, some people have found in their research, like Stacey Sims, that there's a three to one ratio that might work for women. There's studies ranging from five to one to two to one, and who actually looks at that anyway? Except if you have one of those drinks. The real take-home message <laughs> is that right. having you know both in a timely fashion is good for speeding recovery, and it, and it works. There's no question. There, there's solid science behind it. I can say anecdotally that when I was stage racing, I swore by these drinks you know like yeah yeah yeah. as soon as i was done with one stage that's the first thing to go into my hand um because it really does help you get ready to perform again day after day after day um i all of that said i will say i do believe that these are and have been used and even abused um especially (laughs) since some of these drinks are loaded with straight up sugar. They're very, some of them are very high in sugar because the idea is to get this, this very, to get stuff into you quickly. And it, your body doesn't have to do much digesting when it's coming in the form of like sucrose, you know, like when you're getting straight <laughs> yep. up um, and when, and when that's useful, it's useful, but it's not so great for you when it's not like, it's not mm-hmm. such a, you wouldn't be having a milkshake every day after you're, workout right no so yeah well no maybe i well who (laughs) knows but some people may uh and chase it down with a gatorade and you're fine but anyway um what's missing from the equation is that even if you miss that window you're still going to restock over a 24-hour period like it's just going to be slower but it will still happen Mm -hmm. your muscles will restock. your muscles will still repair all that stuff um and you don't need a ton. You're going to be shoveling all the sugar into you to get it done. But when you do need them is when you actually really need them. So if you've exercised long and hard enough that you feel completely blown out and you've emptied your reserves and you, you replenishing them quickly at that point isn't a bad idea. Like because you have totally tapped yourself out and... You know, especially if you're going to be riding the next day or you're in a training block, it makes sense. It makes sense to put mm-hmm. something back into your system relatively quickly. There's some research that also suggests that helps your immunity. You know, it helps, like, support right. your immune system. So anytime you're doing any sort of back-to-back hard efforts, especially if, like, I know when I was doing triathlon, I might have a swim in the morning and a run later that day. You know, or those like it's very useful to have something helping you recover quickly in those situations. Certainly if you're doing long, hard days back to back like a stage race, but even like, you know, the the California arthritis ride, the coast ride or any sort of, sort of like big, long charity ride where you're doing 50, 60, maybe 100 miles back to back. Like, yep, n- not a bad idea on stuff like that, because it does help you speed your recovery and anything you can do to support your recovery. Super, super helpful. Um, otherwise, I would reserve them for really hard things like. If you are training and you've done, you know, 90 minutes with intensive intervals and you're blown out and you're going to be doing, you know, training the next day, even if it's something different, you still want to want to promote recovery. If you're doing a three hour ride that has drained you like any anything that is draining. Sure. But if you are not drained, don't put anything back in like that. Like you don't need it. Like all you need to do is just have a snack if you're hungry or just like eat your next meal. You know, make sure you stay hydrated. You don't need a fancy drink. So So that's my that's my TED talk. Thanks for coming.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, hearing you talk about this, I remember like back during the strongest I ever was, uh late nineties, early two thousands through I don't know, two thousand four, two thousand five. I do you remember Smart Fuel? Smart Fuel. Why do I remember that? Well, cause it was, they were doing a lot of sponsorship on the East coast. So there was that, okay. uh, the canisters came in three different colors. There was green for, uh, let's see. Blue was before exercise. Green was during exercise yes, and orange yes. was after. Yes. And, uh, their, their post-ride shake stuff, uh, there was a, a raspberry lemon and a peach mango and I swore by those. And the strongest I ever was, I got off the bike and I immediately had one of those and it's only been more recently that I've started to think that you know m- maybe that's something I shouldn't have stopped doing, even though I wasn't riding quite as hard. And now that I notice that it takes me that much longer to recover mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. each ride, what with being mm-hmm. fifty six now, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like ah, uh, maybe I should go back to that. I don't know. Uh, that's
1: not that's not a that's not a terrible idea. Um, I mean, I still wouldn't do it every day necessarily. I think you'd be better off served to really pay attention to your protein intake overall. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. you definitely need more protein. Um, Everybody with age, uh, just over, pretty much everybody who's active needs more protein. And because you don't synthesize it quite as well, you know, over time, older athletes, master athletes, do need more. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I would definitely pay more attention to that. But it's it it isn't a terrible idea because to your point um, with delayed recovery to promote your recovery after whatever hard ride you're doing to make sure that you pay attention to that, whether that's a, whether that's a recovery drink, you know, I don't know what that looks like, but making sure uh, to stay on top of that is not a bad idea for sure.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at that. I'll play yeah. around. No, that's, with not, it, so. that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Groovy. I actually missed that stuff. The smart fuel, uh, that I, man, the peach mango. I, I genuinely missed that flavor.
1: <laughs> Did, what was, I'm curious. Cause that was that, that predates them, um, that research. Do you remember mm-hmm. what was in it?
0: Uh, like what the blend was carb to, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, All so right, the, um, the pre exercise mix, the vanilla, I want to say it was like 55, 45 carbohydrate to protein and post ride was, more like 60-40 or 65-35, somewhere in that range. Hmm. Um They were reasonably high in protein. I remember yeah, my original, up. yeah, my original review for Bicycle Guide, I included a little disclaimer toward the end of uh, the review and said, you know, be forewarned, these things turn me into a little methane dispenser.
1: <laughs> well, that's, people always talked about that with Hammer stuff, not to, Sorry, Hammer, but that was that was sort of a running joke with some of the Hammer products for the same reason. It's protein powder can be hard, like the the, the whole combination there can be a little challenging for for some people, especially if it's whey pro, a lot of whey protein. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting because that does pre predate that. But I mean, I'll, nothing in, you know that predates the research. But so much of the stuff is grounded in just trial and error over the years, right? Mm-hmm. The procyclists were doing before yeah. any of this was. Yeah. Whatever.
0: Mm. Huh. Miss it. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, They're waxing poetic.
1: I'm sure you can find like something similar. Uh, You know,
0: I mean, these days I just buy, uh, I buy limeade and I buy frozen pineapples and I put that in a blender with some vanilla powder. And I mean, that beats anything coming out of Jamba Juice so far as I'm concerned.
1: That, yeah. No, it sounds like you've done a good job of replicating that for yourself.
0: it works just fine. And you know, on warm mornings or afternoons, I walk in and I make one of those things and, Ooh, I'm doing just fine. Yeah. That.
1: Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> we are happy. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I often, cause especially training in the winter when I would do like, cause those winter rides seem to drain you even more, Oh God, you know, cause you're using so much energy. Um, I and it, it's it's kind of harkens back to my childhood, but my mom always had Ovaltine, you know, in the mm, house, which still uh-huh. exists, is still a thing. But um, I would get Ovaltine and throw a shot of espresso in it, and you know,
0: <clears throat> <laughs> but it was great. It revived you. It was I'll great. Fortified a little. Bit. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> I I have some respect for that approach. Yeah. <laughs> But I remember uh, even, you know, in high school looking at the label of Ovaltine once and being amazed at like how healthy it really was. Like there was yeah. serious. No, we didn't have in. little
1: like Swissness or anything. We had yeah, the Ovaltine is yeah. definitely a healthier option. This is so sugary, but it right. it for recovery. I mean, that's what a uh, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what you're looking for.
0: Yeah. Cool. Alrighty. All right. We're going to take a short break for our sponsor, Shimano, and we'll be right back. At Shimano. We love riding, and we know you do too. As a small repayment, for all the joy your bike has brought your life, we encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano-equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat, if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. Okay, we are back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, give us your poll. So... It's no secret that I haven't been able to ride as much as I'd like. and I'll say for reasons I can't quite explain, I haven't been able to bring myself to do time on the trainer. Zwift or no. Uh, but I have been able to soak up some of my extra time on my hands with the belt uh, with the help of bicycles. Um, I've been doing more maintenance work on my let's call it remaining bikes. <laughs> I get that working on bikes won't make me fit, but it does contribute to my happy. And that's the thing. I really, I'm trying to stay present with things that contribute to my happy. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of grateful that I'm not a baker. Otherwise there would be more Patrick every day. (laughs) (laughs) Forget the more bread. There would definitely be more Patrick. (laughs) Um, And it's not like I've had any particularly large projects to work on. I had a very early edition of the wave bar and I was asked Mm -hmm. to replace it with the final production version and running all the D two D I two wires and hydraulic hose through that bar was one of the more difficult projects I've ever worked on. I swear. Uh, but I finally figured out, uh, after like getting it almost there and realizing I wasn't going to get it and having to undo it and then start over. But I finally figured out a sequence that really simplifies things. Uh, I just figured out that I needed to do all the DI2 wires to first and then the hydraulic hose and all, but one of the wires needed to go in the opening to the right of the stem, which is not kind of the place you would naturally think to start. It, it's a little crazy anyway, uh, logic problem. Okay. Nerd stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've also been t- taking time to check wheels and see which sets have dried out sealant You know, I pop them open, add a couple ounces of sealant. I've rewrapped a couple of bars. Oh, I had to retape one wheel with sealant tape, Uh, you know. Hmm. And so, you know, you put fresh bar tape on a bike. It's kind of nice and spiffy again. Mm -hmm. I've scrubbed down a couple of gunky cassettes. Mm. Now I've kept those efforts a little lower key uh, rather than removing the cassette and scrubbing every square centimeter inside and out. I've been pouring degreaser on a natural bristle brush and scrubbing them on the wheel, then just hosing them off. Uh, but the big success in all this is that I've bled three different sets of disc brakes in the last two weeks. This or one, <laughs> <laughs> I know how to party, don't I? <laughs> um, But this one is significant for me because the last time I was a pro mechanic, there were no disc brakes on bikes, not even mountain bikes learning how to bleed Mm -hmm. and doing it correctly the first time around has been difficult because it's hard to learn anything that you only do once every six months. Mm -hmm. And now that I have all the steps memorized, it just goes so much faster. I've even got some Ziploc baggies that I keep around to put the brake pads in the moment I remove them to do a bleeding because once as I was doing a bleed, a syringe hose popped off the port and sprayed some mineral oil around my garage. What I didn't notice immediately was that some of it got on the brake pads, even though they weren't on the bike. And given the kind of pads they were, it was an expensive lesson. Hmm. And I've now got an assortment of break of bleed blocks so that I don't have to improvise where that's concerned. I even went as far as to swap out the double piston DRE XT brakes on my Ibis Ripmo and went back to the standard DRE XT brakes. You may recall me doing my paceline pick on those double mm. uh, piston ones a while back. It turns out those those things are so powerful that I couldn't stop myself from over overbraking. I never got the touchdown to mm. break. To not over brake, so I'd get into a turn and I'd I'd tap the brakes and I'd slow down more than was necessary, uh, and so it's been helpful to go to a lighter brake. Uh, the one thing I haven't done is go is give all my bikes a proper washing. That comes tomorrow. Hmm. <laughs> the larger goal for me here, aside from just doing something that's kind of meditative and pleasant, mm-hmm. is that when the lockdown does begin to lift. And right now in Sonoma County, that just means being able to get back into the parks. I will be able to just start logging miles in wild spaces on a few different bikes that are totally ready to go. The reality of my, I don't know whether to call it my normal life or my former <laughs> life or what, but the reality of that is, you know, how I how I used to live is that my days were often packed enough that I faced a choice Between Mm -hmm. riding and maintaining bikes, Mm -hmm. given that I can't possibly ride as much as I'd like the simple, the sensible thing for me to do is to spend some time getting those bikes ready and in tip top shape to go. So, uh, I'm not going to call this uh, a silver lining quite yet, (laughs) um, but I'm, I have found another adaptive strategy and for that, I'm really pretty grateful.
1: No, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm actually fairly envious of that. I don't have a modicum of that ability. I don't know. Uh, I've never done pretty much any of those things that you just talked about for the past. <laughs> 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 so uh, I don't think I'm going to start there. I, I do, but I do. I, I, I envy that because I when I do little things in the garage with my bikes, I can appreciate the calm and I mean relative calm because sometimes you end up throwing things around the garage in frustration, but the, <laughs> but the, um, maybe Never you don't, <laughs> but, but the, but the, there's there's something definitely very, um, Zen is overused, but there is a very Zen thing about that, mm-hmm. about just working on something and, and it is satisfying. There's something it's, and it's another relationship with your bike that I don't, I that I, I'm much more abusive on that side of my relationship with my bike. So I would, it would be and everybody who knows me, would is nodding their head along with that. <laughs> Selene um,
0: Yeager, bike uh, abuser.
1: Yeah, that's, they would all go. Yes, she is. I, I have had mechanics friends of mine say, I wish I lived closer. Cause I would steal the bikes out of your garage and just make them not look like that <laughs> when we ride together. <laughs>
0: so well you know maybe the thing for you is to just start by working on learning how to effectively wash your bikes that's a good start you know i'm
1: i haven't gotten there yet in this in this (laughs) all of this okay so you're right you're correct if you
0: if you decide you're going to tackle that at some point i'm going to give you one little tip dave may already be way on top of this right but one little thing that I'm going to tell you that I learned from Radio Freddy, uh, my buddy from Belgium Knee Warmers way back, Okay. natural bristle brushes, as I mentioned. You
1: said that, and I, I honed right in on that because I interviewed um, somebody on how to, uh, Matt Bruno Roy, I interviewed him on how to like, because he does all the cross bikes and stuff. I'm like, what's the best <laughs> way to wash bikes? And natural bristle brushes, I think Service Core, he said, was his the people that he likes to use. Mm. But um, he too said they make a world of difference.
0: <laughs> they really do. So the the plastic bristle brushes, like you'd get, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, uh, like you'd get from Park Tool or some of the other tool companies, mm. mm-hmm. the plastic bristles will just move all the dirt around. It right. doesn't actually shed. But right. when you get like a horsehair brush or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. I don't completely understand the chemical properties of what's going on but the the brushes themselves don't stay black Right They it it sheds everything it washes right, right off right. um I I go to hardware stores and Mexican markets uh, I've never tried service course, so I'm going to look into that. Cause I could actually, I'd be happy if I had a couple more different, like lengths of bristles and size of brushes.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, he, he, I've heard, I've heard people who I respect and, and trust sing their praises for those exact reasons, numerous times and people who spend a lot of time washing a lot of bikes.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, you say that and people are like how, how big a deal can it be? How much difference can it make? It's a game changer. Yeah, it's a game changer at a level that could every single time I wash a bike, it amazes me. Huh? Yeah. Well, that, that, okay.
1: That, that Mm -hmm. might just prompt me to just because now I'm curious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, And the other thing that in your case would, uh, simplify matter some is the, uh, 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 help me out. My brain is, is frying finish line. They're one step cleaner and chain lube. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it is both a solvent and an, and a lubricant, I guess, or something, but they call <laughs> it one step and you squirt that on the chain, you wipe the chain off and the chain is much cleaner, but it's also, uh, well enough lubricated for at least a few rides. And the way then do you thinks- use it
1: again, do you use it like a chain lube or no?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, you just spray it on the, or, or, you know, put it on the once, uh, uh-huh. squirt it on the once. Wipe it off, and there's still enough plenty down in the pins and rollers that you don't need to to squirt it on a second time after wiping the chain down.
1: Right, but say four days later, or whatever it is,
0: like, <clears throat> four or five days later, yeah, I'm going to do it again. But that's because I deal with such dusty conditions. Once the the real meat of the season hits, it gets so dusty around here. I have to lube right. stuff constantly. Right, and and so that's handy. Because and in wet
1: have... conditions, is it does it work as well? Do you know?
0: It's been just fine in wet conditions. Yeah. All right. You know, I still have to use it more frequently than I would use some other stuff, but it works awfully well. Uh, mm. You just go through it faster than you would anything else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Good tips. Mm hmm. Yeah. Groovy. Uh, Well, I say let's move on to PaceLine Picks.
1: I think we've just done a couple, but yeah. That's, um. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> So mine this week is a little, um, it's not fish, you know, So, but it's still a little left to center. Um, I'm not a huge supplement person. Like, I don't take a bunch of vitamins and minerals. I mean, I know people who have, like, just ridiculous quantities that they take every day. Um, I, I've never been a proponent of that. Uh, but I will say that there have been a few over the years that I have sworn by during training and racing and, and such. And there's one that I have been taking for the past several months that has worked uh, extraordinarily well well for me, That I will say. It's uh, glucosamine and chondroitin. Are you familiar uh-huh. with those two things? Uh, this mine particularly is by Vermosin Health, and it also contains turmeric and MSM. Uh-huh. Uh, I have and continue to put my body through an awful lot of stress and strain, you know, through lots of mountain biking and lifting weights and gravel racing and riding. And honestly, uh, a lifetime of working a keyboard pretty hard, uh, mm-hmm. which has its own, uh, has its own issues. I've broken bones. I've dislocated stuff. You got, you, you get the picture. Um, I definitely have some wear and tear damage. I feel very fortunate in that I don't have much. Like, I don't have many aches and pains in general. I never have. Like, things don't, like, all that stuff. But when stuff pipes up, it tends to be in my arms. It tends to be in my hands and my wrists, which I think Ooh. also relates to that keyboard part of things that I was no, talking no, Yeah. No. <laughs> talking about. Um, you know, my dad had carpal tunnel syndrome pretty bad. I, I never had that. Like, thank God. But my trackpad thumb you know, which is my right hand, which I work my, I work on a laptop, mm-hmm. um, has become problematic. It, it it actually got pretty bad a few months ago where I developed uh, basal thumb joint inflammation, like actually a little bump at the base of my thumb. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And it's swelling and tenderness and like, it just hurt, like everything kind of hurt. Like I could still <laughs> work my bike, but it was one of those things like, you're always aware of it. And sometimes you're like, really way more aware of it, like doing some sort of stuff with my bike. So I was be like, ouch. And you just, it was annoying. So, and I was like, I didn't want it to get worse. So I remembered that, um, Andy Pruitt uh-huh. way back when, like I had interviewed him for a story. Oh my God. It must've been 2000, early 2000, um, had recommended glucosamine and chondroitin in that story telling me that about 70%, I think it was probably about knees, but about, but about 70% of his patients got some level of improvement. And it was particularly with arthritis, but any kind of joint inflammation, he called it like any aches and pains or creaks. Um, And I've used it with my dogs over the years. Our vets have recommended it and dogs don't get placebo effect.
0: So when your dog,
1: (laughs) yep, do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So when your dog is visibly less, like less can get in and out of the the, the lazy boy, which was the case with this dog easier, you know that like something's going on, you know, it's, you know, it's working. So I figured like, okay, why not? I mean, I'll try it. Um, And, uh, I, I have been, it's a, it was amazing how quickly I noticed improvements Yeah. and how, like, yeah, I went from like noticing it sort of all the time to completely forgetting I even had, even though that little bump is still a little bit there, like nine hours on the gravel bike, 150 miles, whatever, nothing like, I don't feel Ah. it at all. Uh, and that's that's saying something right like that. You know, that's that's pretty good evidence studies on it are mixed. Like if you go into PubMed and start going down that rabbit hole, you're not going to find anything that says absolutely or anything that says no, you know, because <laughs> but that's that's medicine. like that's right. We're not test tubes. Not everything works the same for everyone. And that's just how it is. Most reputable uh, organizations like Harvard Health and other stuff that I had checked out basically say, yeah, try it might work for you you know like you might not but it might but it won't hurt you it's been around a long time um so that's that's mine i'm I'm sure i am not alone in this uh you know with people with all like anybody you know if you've ever broken anything like you're just more likely to have arthritis there like it's just Uh the way it is and even though cycling's gentle on the joints a lot of people still do have some stuff that flares
0: up so that's mine is this the sort of thing that i ought to contemplate for my neck
1: it wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't, it, it couldn't, it, it, anything that is joint related in your neck is a series of joints. It, it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile considering is And it's as good anti-inflammatory, which is kind of good for anything really. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like that's good for you anyway. So.
0: Huh. Okay. Uh, well, we'll have a link to this and I may yeah. be looking for it at target or something.
1: Yeah, no, it's, um, I, I was, I was, you know, I, I, had, I, was hopeful, but I, I didn't really expect, you know, I was like, uh, eh, whatever. I usually just work through things and, and then if it bothers me enough, I just go see somebody. But, um, I was very impressed at how well and continues to, to hmm. be a non-issue for me.
0: Nice. Uh, given our certain, our current situation, uh, I'm doing a lot more time on bikes with drop handlebars than I have been for the last few months. And so my neck is oh, right, uh, right, right, a little right. fussier than it has been.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So huh, yeah, yeah I'm, There you go. all right. I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at it. Cool. Well, my pick is we're, we're roughly a month away from what would otherwise be the start of the grand tour season. But given that the Giro d'Italia and the tour de France will be postponed this year, Those who want to satisfy their Jones for three-week waces will have to do so by other means. So my pick this week is Bill McGann's two-volume, The Story of the Tour de France. Hmm. He has a new edition out, this second edition. And I reviewed these a few years back and was blown away by the accounts that McGann wrote with the help of his wife, Carol. Uh, for those who don't know who this guy is, if you've been around the sport for a while, you may recall Torelli Imports. And so mm-hmm. he had a company that was basically based on importing great Italian products into the yep. U.S. market. Yep. And every now and then he would find uh, a producer of something whose name was completely unknown and he would just slap the Torelli name on it. Yeah. But it was yeah. a high quality Italian product. But then there was like Antonio Mondanico, who was building frames under his own name, as well as Torelli. Uh, and uh, it's a long story, but uh, Bill got shingles circa 2004, two mm-hmm. th- 2004, 2005, somewhere in there. He got an awful case of shingles and he really could not run the business anymore. So wow. they sold the business and he'd had an interest in creating more English language accounts of great races. And, you know, we talk about people who rabbit hole stuff. This was a rabbit hole, the likes of which, you know, Lewis Carroll hadn't seen. He completely disappeared down this. And he's so there's now McGann Publishing and he's got a whole collection of books, some by him, some by Les Woodland, who is a, a veteran writer of cycling. And there's yeah, there's this whole series of books but mostly they are overviews of different races. And so the two volume story of the tour de France is every single year of the race. Some of the accounts may only be, I don't know, two or 3000 words for the entire three weeks. You know, when you're going back to like 1904, but mm-hmm. the ones that are are more recent, you know, they may be eight or 10,000 words. Uh, wow. and, You know, it's worth noting that Bill is maybe the best read person I know who didn't go to a first rate liberal arts school. The dude has read Plutarch. He's read both Pliny's. He's read Will Durant. And so far as I know, most of what we consider the classics. I mention this to say that he has a really fine sense of what storytelling is, or at least good storytelling, and how the arc of history is long. And his accounts are not plagued by the jingoistic (laughs) cheerleading that most English-language bike race journalism has been. They are devoid of any favoritism beyond a great love of great racing. And so McGann sourced as many different versions and pieces of information as he could locate for each year of the tour. And, you know, some of those accounts, like I said, are shorter than others. But what he does do is he gives a terrific sense of how each year played out in terms of the large plot developments, Mm -hmm. you know, accurately portraying the drama between the leading protagonists. Um, I consider his histories so definitive that when I was writing my historical features for, uh, on Eddie Merck's Sean Kelly and others for Peloton magazine, some years back, McGann's work was a primary source material for me. Um, and this is a guy, he, he raced as a cat one for a fair number of years. He was very, very fast. Um, and so, you know, despite, the, you know, he has a particular love of when he was a racer, his love of bike racing in general is really evident. And as a writer, his love of the race is more than the love of the racer. Mm -hmm. So I just, I can't recommend these books highly enough. They're very entertaining. Um, and I think he really does the people who were there, you know, making the races play out. I think he does them a great justice. Uh, he and I continue to have a debate about which year was Eddie Merckx's best season. I think Hmm. it was 1972. He's kind of split between 73 and 74. Uh, I think, I have no idea. (laughs) My personal feeling is that 1969 was Merckx's best tour, but Bill likes 1975 when even though he got second place, Bernard Tevenet could not put more than three minutes into him, even though, like, I mean, Merckx had a broken jaw. He'd been punched. He, you know, oh, just, yeah. yeah, yeah. He'd been through the absolute ringer. And the best guy that France had could put three minutes into him in three weeks. It's like, holy cow, talk about hard as nails. Uh, so
1: have you actually spoken to him, like, through this, or did you just reference his work?
0: Uh Oh, talk to Eddie Merckx? No, 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 no
1: McGann. Like, have oh, you...
0: Every now and then we've talked about stuff, okay. yeah. All right. yeah. Um, I mean, when I set out to write that feature about how not only was 1972 Eddie Merckx's best season, uh-huh. it was the best single season anyone has ever had. I mean... In that one year, you could hang a whole career on it. He won the Giro. He won the tour. He set the hour record. He, I think he won three of, uh, three of the big classics. Uh, there were numerous other itty bitty little races that he won along Mm -hmm. the way. After like August 10th or something, he didn't finish out of the top four of a single race. He entered Uh, the dude. He was a one man explosive device. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so it's it's remarkable that after a year that incredible that you could still have an ongoing debate with another person about, mm, I think 74 was better. <laughs> but, you know, for anybody who really doesn't have a great sense of just what an unmitigated badass Merckx was mm-hmm. volume two, just go straight there. Or if you want to get a sense of just how incredibly tough the guys who were racing in the 1920s were, what they <laughs> went through to get a bike up a climb. thats <laughs> yeah, So
1: crazy. It's crazy. You
0: know, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Gino Bartoli is a man who does not, ha- has not yet gotten his full due in cycling. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the most significant thing that he has done in his life or did in his life was to rescue hundreds and hundreds of Jews from the Nazis.
1: Yeah, that was a great, great. You know, like
0: who yeah. cares about bike racing at that point, right?
1: Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah i I really love these books, and I recommend them wholeheartedly for everybody who's going to be going through the DTS of not that's being awesome. able to watch a Grand Tour.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's
0: great. Yeah. Great. Uh, and I I don't get to talk about Bill's work nearly enough. <laughs> huh. Yeah. All righty. Um, All righty. Uh, any final words from you? Yeah, I mean, I
1: had a. I, I wanted to I wanted to end on, on on one note and then maybe we can talk about some of the stuff I've written. But I did I did want to make a note um, and I don't want to bring the show down, but I feel like this is important. Um, a longtime reader and I hope a listener. I'm not sure how much he's listened. Has has been direct messaging me over the past couple weeks and he was, he was in a really bad place. You know, his marriage was coming apart. I hadn't known this, but he had lost a young son to cancer several years back. Mm -hmm. Um, And now this right now, everything that we're all dealing with. And he would, he would direct message me, uh, usually via Instagram at odd times, like 11 at night. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thank me, you know, just, just reach out, just, just like, hey, we don't actually know each other, but, and I would just say supportive things and he would, um, you know, he would thank me a lot for being kind and for being uh, generous with my time and, and, uh, you know, just, just kept saying, you have no idea how important this is to me right now, this connection and it, you uh, keeping me going where i where he just it was clear that he was thinking about ending his life i mean that was very clear um well last week he went dark on social media he had i was just drifting off to sleep and i noticed that he posted on an instagram that things were going dark and he was shutting down his socials and i uh thought i had taken a screenshot of that and i I, I hadn't. And uh, when I got up the next morning, his Instagram was shut down and I didn't have a contact. So um, if you're out there, uh, if you're listening, I am still here and I definitely still care. And we uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one who cares. I, a lot of us care. And uh, you can still contact me and please hang in there.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, well, for that matter, I'm here too.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was heavy and I don't mean to be super heavy, but I don't, I have no other idea how to like grab a message out there. So, and I don't want to give, I don't want to say his name. I want to keep his privacy, but, uh, but you know, he was, you know, uh, if you're out there, you know who you are. (laughs) So, Yeah. And that goes for anybody else. Hey, you know, we're all right. in this, we're all here. So if right. anybody needs to like an ear or just someone to say, Hey, you know,
0: go ahead, go for it. I, reach out. I heard from one of our readers last week who yeah. just thanked me for us being here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really gratifying to know that we have that sort of reach. It's nice to talk about cycling and, you know, get people excited about bikes, but on that more more personally intimate level, uh, knowing that you're you're feeding something that that people aren't getting enough of otherwise, that means a lot.
1: Well it's a community. I mean this is how <laughs> you know when we talk about how cycling fits in our lives, we are all part of a giant community, let's be clear. I mean the people sitting here listening to our voices right now are just part of our community. You know, <laughs> and then and talking to each other and them by default listening to our conversation, it's just like hanging out. So
0: very much. Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. okay. Well, thanks for doing that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, oh, uh, there was <laughs> yeah, the piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there was that that piece that you did about uh, riding trainers and whatnot for all those who are doing Zwift. And you mentioned that riding trainers can sometimes mm-hmm. have an effect mm-hmm. on causing more mm-hmm. knots and mm-hmm. tension and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, um, that piece that you're talking about was I. I just happened to be scrolling through my Instagram uh, feed and I saw uh, this PT Ellen Foster doing a dynamic warm up before she, it was just like a little video that she was doing this dynamic warm up before she was going on a on a regular ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen I've seen some of that stuff before, and I always been like, eh, you know, because I mean, cycling's super forgiving. Like you can get on your bike without doing any sort of. It's not like soccer. Do you know what I mean, Laura? you actually need to go through yeah. like a dynamic warm up that you don't pull a, a hamstring like yeah. cyclists can very much warm up on their bikes and should. And that's great. Um, but I w- but I will say that uh, this particular warm up, it was super quick, was like two minutes and it was just taking your body through this great full range of motion. And a lot of it was activation. So I could tell like when she was doing, I'm like, she's activating her glutes. That's really smart. Like just like activating all these muscles. So it, you do warm up easier. And like, it also is a good way to check in on your body. Cause you can see like, Oh, my right hip's a little tight. Like maybe I want to adjust, you know, address that kind of thing. But uh-huh. in the intro to that piece, I did mention that a lot of people are inside a lot or riding Zwift a lot more or on trainers are more right now because of the situation. And that does absolutely amplify any of those little things. And it can, and in my opinion, can maybe lead to them too because because of the locked in factor. You are mm-hmm. locked in on your bike. Your bike is not naturally moving underneath you. You tend to be seated more and planted more and tend to be more stationary in that position. And the cycling position is a little notorious for being, you know, it it's it's uh it's not supernatural and it it it's it can be um you know, I mean, that's why people's low backs kind of bother them, or their hips, kind of like all that kind of stuff. And that being on a trainer definitely amplifies that. It definitely because you're not moving naturally. You're not just the bike. You're not moving naturally. It's a very <laughs> unnatural situation. So I was, I really do believe that doing that kind of a, um, a little routine before and then after can uh-huh. probably help quite a bit. Can probably make you feel better and sort of uh, prevent and alleviate. Just little niggles. I mean, it's not you know magic, but it definitely like firing up your glutes, which tend to get, you know, we sit on them a lot and we don't use them a lot. And just opening up your hips, stretching out your pecs, getting your, no question in my mind that that can help uh, keep some of that stuff at bay and help you uh, open up more easily once, you, you know, on your bike.
0: Interesting. I mean, it caught my eye because years and years ago. I was doing a stage race uh, out in the Inland Empire, and the first stage was an uphill time trial. And Mm -hmm. I warmed up on a trainer, Mm -hmm. and by the time I was to the top of the climb, finishing the time trial, it felt like there was, uh, I don't know, a baseball in my left (laughs) glute. It was awful. <laughs> I know, I know that feeling you're talking about. Yeah, and it, every now and then, you know, over the next two, three, four years, it would come back if I didn't have a really great warm up. But hmm. I, I wondered from that moment, it's like, did should I have just been out riding rather than warming up on a trainer? And that, yeah, so that made me think back on that event.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, trainers have their place for sure, uh, but they, they definitely, uh, they. They're, they're, they're definitely a little harder on your body than, than being able to move naturally for sure. It's just, it's just not the, it's not the same. So taking a little more care of yourself is not a bad
0: idea. (laughs) Funny how that works. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Never is
1: really. You you did say that once before, right? (laughs) I've said that a few times. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If any of it sticks, you're better off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, Hey everybody, keep those questions coming. You all have been sending some great stuff. If you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Don't forget our PaceLine kits from Primal. They're up in the RKP store. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The PaceLine.